you, Lord. You know that um, in the upbringing of many, uh, all type of um, dysfunctions in families and obviously uh, that means that um, there were dis dysfunctions where fathers were concerned and uh, many cases uh, could have been an abusive father an abandoned father a father who uh, was there but yet was not there but listen it doesn't Obviously, it, it matters, but when you come into the kingdom of God, he is the father to the fatherless. And he's a good, good father. I said, he's a good, good father. Personally, I did not have a father in my upbringing. And really, obviously, didn't know what that was lack in terms of a, a, rela a relationship. But my goodness, I got delivered out of the power of darkness. I got translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And I believe that, that um, one of the reasons that my life took the turn that it did after uh, graduation from high school was because of that lack of fatherhood in my life. But I tell you what, that turn that my life took and that lifestyle that I lived, I got delivered, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And listen, Jesus is the only begotten son of God, but there are many brethren. I'm one of those. And he's a good, good father. I says, he is a good, good father. If you haven't learned that he's a good father, you haven't gotten to know him well enough. And I encourage you to get to know him well, because he's good. I say, he's good, Amen. So y'all want to make this uh, faith declaration, just say this, say, Father, I thank you that you grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Flood the eyes of my understanding with light so that I know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Cause me to know, Lord, what is the exceeding greatness of the power of God that's on the inside of me as a believer? Help me, Lord, to live out the reality of the truth, knowing that that power that resides on the inside of me is the same power that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And having seated me together with Christ, so far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, all might, and every name 
that can be named not only in this age, but also in that age to come. Thank you, Lord, that all things are under my feet with Christ Jesus, who is the head of the church, which is his body. Now, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you tonight. I thank you tonight that you are the fullness of everything and in every way. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You are the great teacher. We thank you that you instruct, you teach, and you guide us into all truth. We welcome you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of years ago, I um, taught a message, and that message was called God's Requirement of Us as Believers. God's Requirement of Us as Believers. That message at the time was uh, taught online, and it was the uh, year of 2020. And that was the uh, same year that uh, we were engaged in what they called uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. It also was the year uh, of the death of George Floyd. And so in that year of the death of George Floyd, uh, obviously there were a number of people who uh, felt that uh, there was injustice in uh, the way that George Floyd uh, died. And so I um, recall uh, teaching on that message uh, what God requires of us as believers. And in that message, uh, I targeted mercy. Mercy. Y'all understand that God requires of us as children of God to extend mercy? Do you also, do you also understand that Mercy was extended to you by God. So he requires uh, that of us. And so uh, that, that, that summer of 2020, there was a lot of uh, civil unrest. There was uh, a, a, a lot of outrage. Uh, and, and of course, uh, justice was being uh, uh, demanded and immediately. And, you know, there were those, of course, who uh, felt that uh, that uh, uh, death of George Floyd was an injustice. But do you, do, you, do you understand that in that same year, that same summer of 2020, there was uh, a lot of protests across the nation, across this entire country. And there was uh, looting, there was rioting, there was uh, injury to uh, people. There was death to people. There was property damage. There was a lot of things going on. And so that injustice, of course, it came to a place, uh, of George Floyd, it came to a place where uh, uh, Derek Colvin was convicted of the death of George Floyd, and he was sentenced uh, to prison. But you would have to agree that the things that took place in the summer of 2020 was also an injustice. I said it was also an injustice. The rioting, the looting, the injury to people, the, the property damage, the death of people. 
that was an injustice as well. So there are things that God requires of us as the church. I understand now that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Therefore, we cannot attach ourselves to the, the, the culture and the behavior and the conduct of this world system. Yeah, I know y'all are quiet in here, but listen, we are children of God. Everybody in this room at least should be able to say amen to being a child of God unless you're not born again. We are children of God. There are things that are required of us that we cannot look to the world, the behavior of the world, the conduct of the world, the way the world carries themselves, and we cannot model that. Because when we do, then we look just like the world. Thank you. I think I will. We look just like the world. So I preached that message online. And as I said, the, 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 the emphasis were on mercy, mercy. When we understand the mercy of God, when we understand, we, we, we read a scripture a few minutes ago uh, uh, there in uh, Deuteronomy 8 uh, where, where it says that God delivered us from the slavery of Egypt. Man, do you have to understand that the slavery of Egypt was darkness? The slavery of Egypt was the bondage of the enemy. The slavery of Egypt had them in captivity. You, me, we were delivered out of the slavery of Egypt also. And do you understand why? Because of the mercy of God. I'm going to preach to myself. No, I'm going to preach to y'all too. <laughs> because of the mercy of God. So we can't we can extend mercy to our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. No, because we are too quick to get offended. We are too quick to get outraged about trivial things. And I understand that to you, it may not appear to be trivial, but compared to the cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that he shed on your, come on now, it's trivial. It's trivial. There's absolutely nothing that can be done to you in this life that cannot be forgiven. It doesn't matter what the offense is. We extend mercy, and mercy includes forgiveness. So, we are in this world, but we're not of it. I said, we are in this world, but we're not of it. So, we have to carry ourselves as such, as children of the Most High God. And children of the, of the Most High God realize that there are things that God require of them. Listen, the, 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 the thing about not understanding and extending 
mercy is that uh, the, there are, there's racism, there's uh, prejudices, there is uh, offenses, there is jealousies, there is strife. And all of those things and a horde of others are meant to bring about separatism and division in the church. Listen, the, the, the Apostle Paul, he said this in the book of Ephesians. He says that, that we are to endeavor, endeavor to keep unity in the bonds of peace. Endeavor to keep unity in the bonds of peace in the body of Christ. Do you realize, do you realize, going back to the summer of 2020, do you realize how the church became splintered. But what we also have to realize is that it was all a strategy and a tactic of the enemy. So we have to recognize this stuff and not fall into, not fall into the same trap that the world falls into. So we're talking about mercy. Anybody who cannot, anybody who cannot extend mercy or at least want to hear about mercy, I think that we just need to make a few adjustments. Everybody in the body of Christ should want to hear about mercy. So Paul said that we are to endeavor to keep unity in the bonds of peace. And in verse 2 there, he says, bearing with one another in love. <laughs> bearing with one another in love. Well, love forgives. Love is not easily offended. So what does verse 4 say? There is one body, one spirit, one calling of your hope. There is one Lord, one baptism. <laughs> We're talking about unity here. One baptism, one God and Father. And listen to this. Of us all. Of us all. One God and Father. <laughs> Now, now, we are family. I said we are family. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, are y'all fighting already out there? <laughs> and even in a family, come on, even in a family, you know, you're going to have your disputes. You're going to have your disagreements. You're gonna, you might even have conflict in a natural family, right? But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're still a unit and you're still a family. And what the devil does, what the devil does in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, he gets, he gets, <laughs> oh my Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. I say, I love the Holy Spirit. Because though you might study one thing, he says something all the way different. Why? Because he knows what needs to be heard at that moment. He knows. 
And so some, 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 some of us are, are still carrying the weight, still carrying the burden of that summer of 2020. You don't even realize it. But let me help you out. Somebody rub you the wrong way just a little and see how quick it bothers you. Yeah, we know it's true. So listen, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. But the thing is, we can't get help if we don't open ourselves up for help. And what do I mean when I say open ourselves up? Your heart. God always deals with the heart of an individual. You know that I can, I can put this exterior out here and I, I, can look like, I can look like a champion. But on the inside, if there's problems, that's what God sees and that's what God wants to deal with. Come on, y'all. Y'all out there? So, so, so there are things that God requires of us as the body of Christ. There are things that he requires of us as children of God. There are things that God requires of us. Look, when we come into the kingdom of God, it's a whole different system. And I know y'all understand that. You understand that. But do we really understand it to the degree that God wants us to understand it in terms of, you know, what he requires of us, then he expects us to carry it out. So I, so um, that particular message on mercy, uh, and that's not where we're going tonight, but that particular uh, message on mercy, we reference uh, Micah 6, 8, right? And so I want to go back to Micah 6, and we want to look at it a little further. All right? Micah. Can y'all turn to Micah? Micah chapter 6. Sean, are you good? Micah chapter 6. I don't know, you know, I know most of us probably are able to quote uh, that, that verse of scripture there in Ephesians 6.12, right? That we don't wrestle against what? But against principalities, powers, right? Rulers of darkness, right? Spiritual wickedness in high place. So when Paul, when he wrote that, look, <laughs> Paul was, Paul was in, the, in the midst of a fight, you know, uh, with people. But he, 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 he recognized that that was not, look, people are not our enemy. Especially those in the body of Christ. They're not our problem. That's not our enemy. We all, we all have a common enemy. Yes, we do. And, and so we have to recognize 
who that common enemy is. But, 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 but Paul also said this in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11, right? He says, lest you be... <laughs> Lest you be deceived, we are not ignorant to the devices of who? The devil. So we got to be wise to this stuff when he's uh, trying to get in, and he's trying that all the time. Y'all know the scripture, right? He walks about, how? As a roaring lion, doing what? Seeking. So he's always, that's constant. Constant. So we recognize it. All right, let's go on to Micah right here. Micah, chapter 6. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And I'll, I'll begin at verse 6. It says, what can we bring to the Lord? <clears throat> Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings? of yielding calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? And verse 8 says this. No, O people. Or we could say it this way. No, O children of God. That would be us. And then he goes on to say, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. Everybody say, this is what he requires of me. Okay? And so he gives us three of the things that he requires of us. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I want you to turn also over to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 12 also uh, in the uh, New Living Translation. Do we have that to put it up on the screen in New Living? Everybody may not have that translation. But New King James is uh, quite close to it. It says... And now, Israel, so let's make it personal, all right? Put your name there. And now, Minister Darnell, what does the Lord your God require of you? What does God require of me? He requires only that you fear or reverence the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul and you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today. What's at the end of that verse? For your good. For your good. So if we combine uh, Micah 6, 6 through 8, as well as Deuteronomy here, uh, 10, 12, we have eight uh, specific requirements from the Lord our God. Right? You say, you, you say, well, but you're reading from the Old Testament. Yes, I am. I say to you, I'm reading from the Old Testament. But if you look to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, it says this. It says that these things happen to them, why? For our example. 
right? And it was done for our admonition, right? So this, I, I know uh, those of you who uh, wear grace out, you said that's the Old Testament. We are under a different dispensation. We are under grace. Look, those things that took place then, God has said it was for our example. And I want you to know right now, God has not changed. These things, these eight requirements, these are character traits of God. And God's character never changes. I said it never changes. And so God is still requiring that of us now, today. These things he's requiring of us today. So we combine these two passages, right? And, uh, of course, at the end of that passage, both, it says that uh, at the beginning of, of uh, Micah in, in verse 8, but at the end of uh, uh, Deuteronomy 10, uh, 13 here, it says that it's for our good. It's for our benefit. It's for our welfare. My goodness. You know, if, 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 if you uh, was going to uh, 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 Baskin and Robin and you're going to get uh, uh, some strawberry ice cream, even though it's not uh, good for you, you're going to say it's for my good because you want it. But God is saying that this is for your good because this is going to bring you to a place of blessing. Now, that strawberry ice cream, I like strawberry ice cream, I have to tell you. But that strawberry ice cream, it may taste good. There's a price to pay. <laughs> but everything in moderation, right? Yeah, don't overdo it and you'll be, you'll be fine. I like strawberry ice cream. <laughs> so, so, so. It's for our good. Everybody says, for my good. It's for my good. So here are the eight uh, specific requirements, right? Number one, requirement number one, we are to do what is right. Requirement number two, we are to love mercy. Number three, we are to walk humbly with our God. Requirement number four, we are to fear or reverence the Lord. Requirement number five, <clears throat> we are to live in a way that pleases the Lord. Number six, we are to love the Lord with all our heart and soul. Requirement number seven, we are to serve the Lord with all our heart and soul. And requirement number eight, he says that we are to obey the Lord's commands and decrees. Or we could say that we are to always obey the word of God. Would you all agree? It's for our example, and, and, and as we said, God has not changed. Micah, right, 3.6, what did he say? I am God, and I don't change, right? We all know, we all know uh, Hebrews 13.8, right? What does it say? Jesus Christ, the same, when? Forever. So there ain't no changes taking place here, and it's for our good. So I think that sometimes we need to, to uh, you know, just, just go back and, and uh, as Psalm 34 says, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So if we can so, so quickly say that the Lord is good, then we uh, should be able to agree that, you know, what God is requiring of us is good. Right? 
oh, I guess I guess just got to cheer myself up uh, uh, today because, oh, Jesus, okay. So let's, let's look. Let's look here at requirement number one. Uh, there are eight that we just, uh, we just talked about here, right? And um, given the opportunity, we're going we're gonna to elaborate on all eight of those. Not tonight, so don't get nervous, right? But they're all good. They're all good because God said that they're good. Amen? So let's look at uh, um, requirement number one. It says, to do what is right. Turn to uh, Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Y'all there? New King James Version says this of Proverbs 14. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. There is a right that seems right to a man. No gender preference here, man or woman. But the end thereof leads to death. And if you would turn or uh, look a couple of chapters over to Proverbs 16, Proverbs 16 and verse 25, it says, there is a path before each person that seems right that seems right, but his end is death. So listen, if we're going to do what's right, we want to ensure that it is right and it doesn't just seem right. So listen, when, when we uh, was talking a few minutes ago about uh, how the world behaves, how the world conducts itself, how, how, how the world, uh, uh, how the enemy works through the world system, and, and, and we see these things that take place in our society. And, and we also see uh, that um, it appears to be popular. It appears to be okay. It seems right. But the Bible says the end thereof leads to death. So we cannot connect ourselves, we cannot join ourselves with the behavior of the world's culture just because it appears to be popular. Look, look, Matthew 7 says this, Matthew 7, 13. It says, wide is the road and broad is the way that leads to destruction. It doesn't stop there. It goes on to say this, but narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leads to eternal life. And it's so interesting about that verse. It says about wide and broad, it says many, <laughs> many will go thereof. And then about the straight and narrow, it says few. So listen, we are not to go the way that seems right. Talking about the body of Christ, talking about Christians, that seems right. And I know a lot of things are taking place in our society today. And I know that, you know, uh, the indoctrination of 
I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because it's important, because it's so interesting. It's so interesting. I, I, I was just reading some statistics, right, about where the church is and where our society is and so many things that is completely an abomination to God. Completely. And, and the Bible is so clear about these things. And yet you got the church, you have uh, believers, you know, look, this stuff, did, it didn't just jump off, uh, off a few minutes ago. Look, the enemy has been at, at this since the founding of this nation to take it in a different direction than God intends. But I want you to know something. I read the end of the book. <laughs> I said, I read the end of the book, and we win. We win. But listen, listen, church. We cannot be pulled into that behavior. I know, I know most of us know what the definition of right is. But just in case you forgot, let me give you Merriam-Webster's definition, all right? Right, R-I-G-H-T. Merriam-Webster. So according to Merriam-Webster, the word right means righteous. <laughs> it also means right. But it also means being in accordance with what is just. How many understand that God is a just God? Being in, in, being in accordance with what is just, good, and proper. Look, it's not just about being right. It's about doing what is right. And, and, and many times, you know, we want to uh, position ourselves and we want to uh, uh, be in this place where, where, where we are right, whether it offends anybody or not. Oh, no, I'm right. Well, I want you to understand something. There's a, a wrong way and there's a right way. There's your way and there's Yahweh. And Yahweh is always the right way. And so we can't, we can't as believers... We can't just, uh, you know, uh, because it seems right, we can't just connect with that. Look, look, we have to align with the word. I said we have to align with the word of God. And, and, because, and because we get off base, you know, and, and we lose sight of who this common enemy is. <laughs> oh, God. We lose sight of who he is and what he's doing and his tactics and his strategies. And, and it looks so, oh, well, what's, what's wrong with, um, what's wrong with a man who identifies himself as a woman going into the woman's restroom? Uh, what's wrong with, uh, 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 you know, a, a male changing his uh, sex to a female? Uh, what's wrong with a, a female changing her sex to a male? 
What's wrong with that? Come on. Uh, I was just, I was just, I just mentioned, I just mentioned about uh, the statistics. Uh, uh, the whole transgender agenda, transsexual agenda, the, the uh, uh, trans identity agenda, it has gotten into the church to the degree that only 54% of the church now, I'm talking about the church universally, only 54% feels like or uh, 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 takes the side that something's wrong with that. 54%. <laughs> Do you know that's only 5% on, uh, of being on the losing side? Come on. Look, the Church of England, uh, the, the Presbyterian Church, the Episcopal Church, it, it, Look, all of those, those churches have allowed transgender uh, as clergy in their congregation. And so when I say universal church, obviously, uh, you know, it's the church of, uh, as a whole, but you got to un understand that, that God looks at the, Jesus is the head, the church is his body. He looks at the church as a whole, as his body. Amen. And there's, there, there's too much, 54%, my goodness, that, that grieved me. Obviously, there's some deformity here. And, and if something is deformed, it has to be cut off. Jesus is the head. And he does not put up with that mess. Now, uh, uh, he is the merciful one, and he will do everything that is within himself to get them on the right track. So, they are indoctrinating kids. I'm talking about elementary school. To, to use blockers. Uh, for puberty and take hormones. Come on, y'all. These are children. I'm telling you. I'm just saying that the church, look, the church is the one, look, we are here to set the example. We are here to set the standard. We are here to be the light. We are here to hold forth the word of life all in this perverse and, and crooked generation. It's perverse. It's crooked because the devil is perverse. The devil is crooked. And we are to hold forth the word of life. We are to set the standard. Not join in with that mess. And, and, and just completely warping the minds of children. They have, they have children attending drag shows. We're talking about small kids. So we cannot just sit and, and be acceptance of the stuff, y'all. What, 
does the Lord require of me? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of the church? That we do what's right. Do what's right. And I don't think I have to preach to you the things that I just laid out is not right. It is not right. In the sight of God, his heart is broken. We know we know that the devil always go after the kids. Always. From the very beginning. He has not changed his strategy. Because if you, you indoctrinate a generation that when they grow up, then that ideology is passed on in the culture of that society. And because it really tremendously angers me at the devil. Remember, people are not our problem. People are not our enemy. We all have a common enemy. And we all need to get angry at that common enemy and put our feet on his throat. Listen. Those who you allow to lead you can determine how you live. I said, those who you allow to lead you can determine how your life goes. So we have to pay attention to those that we are putting in leadership over us. <laughs> 